Hey there, welcome to episode 12 of season four of the Simplify and Multiply show. Today, I'm going to be having a great conversation with Bill Cates about referrals and how they dovetail into niching your business. Great conversation. Here we go. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hey, Bill. Thank you so much for being here on the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Terry. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you giving up uh, some time to jump on the show with us and talk about niche and referrals. And mm -hmm. I know that this is kind of like a little segue, but I really would love for you to touch on referrals and generating referrals and having the, you know, just the understanding how well that fits into niche. So if you could kind of talk about that first, that would be great. Sure. So, well, the first uh, rule of, uh, of getting referrals and introductions, I guess, would be uh, be referable, <laughs> right? Yeah, no and uh, the good news about when you work a, a niche, a target market, you actually can become more referable much more quickly because you know their world better. You, uh, your perceived value is higher when you first reach out to people, but then, of course, your real value is higher because unlike someone who may not be targeting that particular market, you know their market better, you've gone deeper, you, you know their, their challenges they face, et cetera, et cetera, and then your solutions are better. So first of all, you become more referable more quickly. Uh, second of all, you know, it, it, when, a, when you target a niche or a market, it's easier to identify the players, right? It's easier to identify who you wanna to try to reach uh, through all kinds of directories on, on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And so that always helps and because uh, another aspect of asking for referrals or really introductions, because we really are trying to get introduced, not just referred, is um, uh, you can suggest people that you know they know or think they know. And since you can identify the players and then when you're asking, you want to say, you know, do you know Mary Smith? How do you feel about introducing me to her? You can be very specific. And the mistake a lot of people make around referrals is they throw up in the whole universe. They say, who do you know we can help? Is there anybody else in your organization we can help or whatever? And it's just what we're trying to do is get people to picture people in their mind's eye. And so we want to start specific. It's kind of like priming the pump. Um, to prime a pump, uh, uh, you pour water in the hole. It, it takes out the air, creates a vacuum suction, and then the water starts to flow. So if I suggest a possible introduction to Mary Smith, now you may or may not know her. Uh, you may not know her well enough to introduce me but it gets the conversation started. And then we can expand a little bit from there. So in a niche, that's much easier. People know people like themselves. Uh, so there's all kinds of ways that working the referral slash introduction process is much easier in a, in a niche, a target market. 
Yeah, and I love it. Thank you for kind of like laying that out like that because you're right. You have to be referable. You have to have the skill and the experience and a good track record. Yep. Uh, that way, you know, the person who's referring you looks good. I mean, that's what I've always advocated for when I recommend referral strategies to my clients is make sure that when they refer you, it makes them look good because you don't want to get into a situation where it's either a bad fit or you just don't perform and then it reflects oh, yeah. back on the person you referred. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess one could say that when you work in a niche market where reputation, good or bad, can spread more quickly. Uh, sometimes I call this reputation marketing, right? We're using our we're building that reputation in a niche. And so absolutely, you've got to protect that reputation. And one of those ways is to not take on business that really isn't in your wheelhouse that you don't believe you can do a great job. I'll give you a specific example uh, that just occurred to me this past week. Um, my main focus is professional services, financial advisors, banks, consultants, uh, solopreneurs, people doing, you know, uh, consulting, advising, et cetera. So that's my main niche. Well, I took uh, four speaking engagements this week uh, that were not in my niche. Hmm. And um, the first the first I did four right in different cities for this client. And the first one was good but not great. And I was starting to worry a little bit. Uh, second one was better. Third one was even better. And the last one got a standing ovation. People loved it. I really knew their, I knew their market. I knew who they were. I knew their, their lingo and jargon and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, had I not had that opportunity to actually get better as I went, uh, I would have flopped. Yeah. It wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have led to new, more business. Uh, um, so, you know, we've got to make sure that when we go in there, we're going to be darn good, if not great, uh, because that reputation will spread. Yeah, definitely. And I believe that what you were saying earlier about uh, really understanding your niche, and that's what really helps people refer you because it's very specific. It also enables the the person who is in the niche to more clearly talk about and identify that the person they're getting referred to is a fit or not. Yes, yes, absolutely. All of that. Everything yeah. gets easier in a niche. Yeah, absolutely. So with solopreneurs, a lot of times in the early uh, years of being a solopreneur, whether they riffed out of corporate or however they got to that, it started as a side hustle and then they just picked it up full time. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they'll take, you know, they want to be a niche, but it's they'll take other things that are just on the fringe of their wheelhouse just to get mm -hmm. the work. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that that detracts from or can maybe help them learn more about really creating a niche that works for them? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say it's uh, categorically good or bad. I think it really will depend a little bit. And, you know, one of the first criteria is, is do you believe you can do a good job? Now you may have to work a little harder. You may have to study a little bit more and get to know their business a little bit more because of that. And there's certain uh, target markets within my broader niche of uh, professional services where I always get to know my client, but there's some that I could, I know their world well enough. I, I wouldn't have to necessarily to do a really good job. Right. I just took on a speaking engagement. Uh, that I'm going to be doing it in a few weeks, still professional services, but a little bit different. So I'm going to have to work a little harder uh, to earn that money and earn that goodwill and, and perhaps future business with them. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad, um, you just got to make sure you can do a great job and it's not a huge distraction. It's not going to take away from all the other things you need to be doing to build the business. But when you're new, 
you know, first of all, you, you do have to bring in the money and second, you got to eat. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes it can, it can expand your repertoire, can expand uh, things. I don't know about you, Terry, but, but I learn from my clients, right? Every time I work with a client, I learn things. I learn things that they do related to what I teach and unrelated that still help me. And so um, there can be some good things in, in that stretch a little bit. Uh, just be strategic about it. Uh, one of my mentors, Nito Cobain, calls it um, intentional congruence, making sure that if we have something that's a little bit different than we normally do, there's still a congruence there. We're, we're, we're still going to benefit in some way, not just the dollars. Uh, and that will also, of course, be able to deliver uh, a good product or service. Yeah, that's great. You, you made me think when you said about learning from our clients, uh, that's how I came up with my company name. Because when I first started out, it was like Terry Pappy Creative Services. I was like, I'll do anything and everything creative for people just because I was starting out. Right. But over time, I realized that there were some, there were three critical components to uh, every client that I encountered. They really didn't have a full understanding of their client, of their customer rather. Uh, their work was inconsistent. It wasn't professional. And uh, as far as their marketing collateral and all their sales materials, et cetera. And then the third is they didn't really, not that they didn't have a referral system, but they weren't designing their service and delivering their service in such a way to create really strong advocacy and referral-based mm. business. So it was mm -hmm. all, you know, the relationship wasn't a priority. It was more transactional. So that's sure. where I came up with better three. So it's better understanding, better communications, and better relationships. And that's really interesting that you brought that up because it made me think of that. Oh, that's how I name my business. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's great to have the name of your business, you know, reflect the value. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody does. It doesn't always. I get yeah. that. Um, but when you can use it to kind of identify what you do and reflect value and even reflect the value of that, the niche you're in, um, that's all the better, you know, yeah. it's, it's icing on the cake, if you will. But nobody's going to admit that they don't understand who their customer is. <laughs> right. You, know, you kind of <laughs> right. have to do that as a marketer, discover it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I want to I want to talk. This is more bridging, you know, what we got going on here. So you just released Radical Relevance. And it, prior to that, you've written several books on referrals and really just I mean, you just dig so deep into that whole model. You help people figure that out from front to back. Now, when I read Radical Relevance, I remember saying to you when we got on the call about how um, I was like, you know, you were like reading right out of my playbook because this mm. is such a, it's like a marketing MBA right in this book. So <laughs> if you really want an end to end listener, get Bill's radical relevance book, because he touches on every important part about marketing and it makes you think of things that you might have missed. And that's what was cool with me, because uh, when I read it, there was a couple things I picked. I was like, oh, you know, I need to shore that up for some, for client A or, you know, so it was kind of like a really good refresher and reminder for me too. So thank you for putting that together. But yeah. what I found interesting, Bill, was that you, you, it's like you're going backwards. You know, it's like you have, as we started the conversation, you were saying about how you have to be referable. Well, this is what gets you on the map, right? The radical relevance, which is basically getting your, you know, what together and making sure your marketing makes sense so you can be referable, so you can actually make those contacts and have all that happen. Because, you know, you you say it in the book, you have to do more than just get the referrals. You really have to market your wares because you're not always going to just have that 
silo of the referral business, but it's a huge thing. So well, tell me, tell me about the evolution yeah. is what I was trying to get you to explain of why you went kind of backwards. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough? As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Yeah, X and and I don't really actually see it as backwards, and I'll explain uh, why. But the truth is, they all kind of fit together in whatever yeah. direction you go. So uh, forever, uh, when, well, I shouldn't say forever. Yeah, forever. But when I first got started, uh, a lot of firms, uh, individuals hired me to teach them how to ask for introductions, for referrals, without begging, without pushing, et cetera, et cetera. And then I discovered fairly quickly that a lot of these folks weren't referable in the first place. Uh, they weren't targeting a market. They were more transactional, uh, less relational, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we had to work on that client experience that they provided early on and throughout the relationship to increase their referability mm. so that if they did ask, first of all, they get them without asking, first of all, because when you become more referable, eventually you start to get more without asking. And then when you do ask, you have people that are much more receptive. And then um, and then it just, over time, it got harder and harder to reach people. So in the B2C environment, the do not call regulations yes. uh, came up. And then even B2B, it's just, it's just so hard to reach people. Yeah. They don't I, answer their phone. I echo that. <laughs> I just did a, actually, I just did a post, a query on LinkedIn that, about voicemail uh, mm-hmm. and who uses voicemail, who leaves them, who even listens to them anymore. I don't listen wow. to voicemail anymore unless it's on my mobile phone. Uh, now, luckily, my system will tra- translate a voicemail into a, uh, an email that I get, and then I'll listen if I have to, but usually I don't have to. Um, and so all of that, right? And because it's so hard to get through to people, uh, we started focusing on the introduction. So the, the, the straightest line to relevance in, in someone else's life, someone who doesn't know you, is an introduction from someone they already trust. Right. That's how we get on someone else's radar in the most efficient and usually effective way. So uh, we focus on introductions. And then I was interviewing a lot of folks for a speech I was giving. And I was saying, all right, when you get introduced, when you get connected, what do you say? What do you do? And what I realized is these these folks, their value proposition was so bad. Mm, so the referral, yeah, you, you work on borrowed trust, right? So that borrowed trust will carry you into a new relationship to a certain degree. 
sometimes it's a done deal. If someone says, oh, if you worked with Mary Jones, that's all I need to know. I will work with you. But that's not always the case, right? Somewhere right. along the line, we have to start saying uh, uh, the right thing. And so that's that's what was the birth of Radical Relevance, was to make sure that we have the right market, that we have the right message, that we delivered in the right way to the right person at the right time, through the right medium, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what being radically relevant is all, getting all those things right. Uh, and so it, it kind of comes before and after, right? Because if you're if you're building your business from the, from the very beginning, you have to have those things right. But then as you get introduced, referred, et cetera, then you still have to have those things, right? So you could right. say that this, the principles and radical relevance and the strategies and tactics permeate the whole process, soup to nuts. Uh, so that's kind of where that evolved from. And uh, I'm very excited about the new, the new content that I'm delivering because it's, uh, it's fresh for me, but it's also fresh for a lot of folks uh, that kind of have a sense of what I'm talking about. They kind of know it to be true, but they just haven't had a found a way to execute it. And so yeah, that's and the way you put it together in the book is like I said, it's like an MBA in marketing. It's you lay everything out soup to nuts, and you know, I mean, you don't take a, a super deep dive into each area, but you give enough that gets people going. It like makes sense. You're painting the whole picture. Well, and 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 what we've done uh, related to that super deep dive is I I wanted to make the book accessible, readable. I didn't want yes. it to be too big, right? Yeah. And so we've created the Radical Relevance Toolkit. So when you yes. get the book, you get access to the Radical Relevance Toolkit where there's a bunch of guides and scripts and, and quizzes and, and all that stuff that goes even deeper. into. So we have the Radical Relevance Guide to a website, Radical Relevance Guide mm -hmm. to a LinkedIn profile. And so that's yeah, where I love we that one. A lot, a lot <laughs> that's deep. a good one. Thank you. Yeah, and, the LinkedIn profile is really good. Are you going to be adding more content to it? Because I, since oh, I got yeah. the book, I, I oh yeah, 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 the toolkit. And, yeah, we will. Uh, I mean, it took us a while to build what we have, and um, but yeah, I'm, in fact, I'm going to be at some point doing a webinar where I'm going to call it the mm. Radical Relevance Toolkit Live, and cool. anyone who has the book can you know all together we can go on a webinar. You have the book, and I can share how this works and kind of bring it all to life that way. That'll get recorded. That'll be put in the toolkit. Uh, so yeah, we're going to keep uh, adding case studies of people who are using the strategies, and you know how we can learn from case studies, even in a different business, we can get oh, absolutely. ideas stimulated. So and it's a form yeah. of storytelling that's really important because true, a different part of your brain hears it, oh, and yeah. then you lay it on your life. You like it's sometimes that storytelling. That's why I love case studies mm -hmm. can really open up a, a blind spot. Uh, in your business. Like, wow, I never looked at it that way. Oh my God, look how cool they did that. Right. So uh, it's not a just, it's just very clearly stated what the situation was, but because it's told in like a story form before, during, after, you know, these are the things we did. It's, they can lay it on their situation and, yeah, and so really we, get the solutions. And we have case studies in the book. And then we also have a chapter on story and how the brain actually does listen to a story differently I know, isn't it great? <laughs> yeah, and so that needs to be part of the mix of how you bring things up. To folks. Yeah, I use story and everything. And sometimes I get, because I'm a writer like you, mm -hmm. and sometimes I get a bit verbose, especially in my websites and stuff, but I, I don't care. <laughs> they don't have to read it if they don't want to, but I love story. Well, as long as story. it's interesting. You know, people say, mm -hmm. how long should a an email be? How long should a sales letter be? How long? Well, 
as long as it's interesting and relevant <laughs> and relevant feel like they're talking about you and talking about your world and empathizing oh my gosh like you could read a war and peace honestly especially if it delivers a solution at the end as opposed yep. to a sales pitch that's it that's it <laughs> no one likes to be sold to well this is really cool so just to wrap up bill is there anything you could recommend in thinking of the entire universe of uh, referrals and how they work well with niche that you can advise a solopreneur who's really still trying to dial that in? Yeah. So first of all, a lot of people are afraid to target a market, uh, go after a specific niche because their concern is if they just focus on all, you know, this, this group, this industry, whatever, uh, that they'll give up all this other opportunity. And the truth is, yes, you may slowly give up that opportunity, but you'll be so successful in the target market as long as you pick the right one uh, that that you won't even notice that. And it's not like you have to give up all the clients and business you're doing now. It's just everything you move forward with mm -hmm. um, is, is directed that that way. And so not be afraid to do that. Now, a few criteria of a good niche or target market. First of all, it's always great if they they know they have the problem you fix, right? If you don't have to like help them figure out they have this problem. I mean, sometimes yeah. we have to do that, but it's better if it's on the surface mm -hmm. and that it's an important critical problem for them. And then that they have the financial capacity to actually fix it uh, and that the niche is large enough. So people in the smaller town may have to expand their geographic universe, or maybe it's a little tougher to find a niche if you're going to stay local, uh, if it's a small town. So all of those things have to be uh, taken into play. You can have more than one target market. Um, just what I don't recommend for folks that are newer in business is to try to uh, reach multiple niches or multiple markets initially at the same time. Mm, Start agree. with one, get it up and running get it working. And if there's another one with some intentional congruence that it's kind of related, but maybe really a little different. So one of the key things here, if you have more than one target market, more than one niche, make sure you don't use the same language to try to target both at the same time, right? It's going to weaken it to the point where it may not be relevant and compelling to either one. Yeah. Like dilutes it. Yeah. It dilutes it. So like on your website, if people come to your website, if that's how some people find you, Make sure you have a button to click if they're in this part of the niche and another button to click if they're in this part of the niche. So they self-identify very quickly on your website mm. and then everything you deliver to them is totally related to their situation. Uh, otherwise, the, 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 the big mistake I've seen uh, around folks delivering their message, it, particularly on a website or a LinkedIn profile and other collateral material, is they tend to err on the side of expanding the message a little bit to be more inclusive when they really should be more exclusive because it makes the message more more effective, more valuable. Yeah, more resonate. potent, yes. More potent, that's a good word. I like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I mean, messaging is one of the biggest areas I work with on my clients is because sure. they, they do, they cast a drift net and right. they need to, you know, just have a, a spear phishing. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's like that. great. That's great advice. Great advice. Thank sure. you so much. So um, well, let's wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to share with our listener uh, that yep. maybe you could point them in a direction to get more information, Bill? Sure, of course. Uh, well, we have a report that we've developed, a guide, I should call it, uh, that it's free to everybody uh, in your world. 
And if you just go to multiply your best clients, multiplyyourbestclients.com, uh, who doesn't want to multiply their best clients? And uh, it's all about that. It's, it's a combination of referrals and message and introductions and, nice. and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And then my regular website, referralcoach.com, uh, certainly uh, welcome to go there. We do have a lot of free things. We have a blog. We have other reports and resources. Uh, it's a good way to get into my world and reach out to me. Ask me a question. I'm happy to help. Oh, that's great. You've been very generous today. I greatly appreciate it, Bill. It's a pleasure. I can't wait to see you on stage again. I uh, saw you last year uh, at NSA's Winter Conference, and you were fabulous. Uh, that's why I started buying and you know reading all your books and stuff. Thank so you. it's it's so great to have you're you. The one. You're the yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I am the one. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I actually it reminds me I need to put a um, a review on for your new book, Radical Relevance. Uh, so yeah, yeah I'll do that for you. Well, thank you so much for being here, Bill. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we will talk soon. Thanks, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.